I'm at the Swinger Hotel. I'm at the Cannibal Nightmare Zone. I'm at the Combination Swinger Hotel Cannibal Nightmare Zone. <laughs> I've got something I don't understand how this is considered cannibalism. Thank you for the sustenance we receive. Welcome to Tender Subject, the only podcast that bites you back. (laughs) 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 I'm Kate. Uh, My pronouns are she, her, or they, them. And I'm a visual artist in uh, South Philly. And um, here's my (laughs) co-host. We're so good at this, even though both of we're amazing. We're just absolute pros. Yes, Uh, and I'm Jay. Uh, My pronouns are he, him, and I'm a music librarian um, in in Boston. Um, Please save me. And uh, (laughs) this is very exciting. We have our very first guest already, right out the gate. Please introduce yourself, guest. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Ash from the podcast Horror Vanguard. Uh, pronouns are he, they, dealer's choice, whatever you're feeling. Uh, and I'm I'm so, I'm excited. I'm honored to be the first guest. This is going to be so much fun. Hell yeah. This is the perk of having cool friends. That's true. <laughs> and what are we talking about this week? Why do we have Ash on? Why are you here? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm here because we were, we're talking about maybe one of the greatest films ever made, Motel Hell. Hell yes, we are. Motel hell yes. Motel hell yes, yeah. Oh, make that a shirt. That would yes. be great. Um, do we want to do some some plugs up front and then get into it? Sure. Yeah. Ash, please tell us all about yourself. Hell yeah. Hell motel hell yeah. Yes. Uh, as as pre- as previously stated, um, I am one of the co-ghosts of the Horror Vanguard podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Horror Vanguard, HorrorVanguard.com, Horror Vanguard on hopefully all podcast streaming platforms. Um, you can find me on mostly on Instagram these days at Daroscope, less and less on Twitter uh, as that website slowly writhes and dies, although it is fun <laughs> to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Media is my website. You can keep up with all my stuff there. Um, I think I'm running out of stuff to plug. Uh, how about how about the two of you? <laughs> Your Instagram is really fun, actually, because you do a lot yeah. of like cool photography on there that you Aww. don't uh, post on on Twitter. I'm always like, oh, I wonder what like uh, cool photos Ash has put in in their stories today. Aww, yeah, thank you. I feel like um, yeah, Twitter isn't as much of a visual medium, although I'm trying to use it as one sometimes. But mm-hmm. um, so you kind of like miss out on if you're just looking at your Twitter profile, it's like you miss out on all the amazing photography you do. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like people who just know you from right from Horror Vanguard, Vanguard might not know this like cool photography project stuff that you do. Oh, thank you. So. A real renaissance. They, them. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes. The renaissance. They, them. I love <laughs> new, it. <laughs> new, new type of they, them just dropped. <laughs> of the renaissance. Good, good. We need more. We need more of those. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Um, uh, my only plug is that I had a really weird dream last night. I had a that I that I like um, listeners. I sent an email or an email. (laughs) I sent a pigeon uh, uh, to (laughs) Ash and Jay saying that I needed to talk to about this on the podcast. But I've had like two now two body horror 
dreams that I think will stick with me forever. And the one that I had last night was I was looking at my foot. Warning, this is like pretty gross, but I was. This is going to be a gross podcast. Let's just like. (laughs) That's true. I don't know what I'm warning. Uh, This is a podcast about cannibalism. Um, (laughs) I'm like, warning, this is about feet. Um, But my. My the bottom Quintana of my Tarantino feet. Do not interact. <laughs> yeah, really. Get away from me. Um, I hate feet, and so I feel like that's probably why I had this dream. But the bottom of my foot was like super, super calloused, and I started like pulling skin off, oh, and nice. then like chunks of my foot were like peeling away. Awesome. Um, that's gnarly. And, and like my foot had like three layers of like meat on it, where it was just like. Oh no! I just peeled my heel off. You could do that, actually. Awesome. There's like things that you can buy that, like, it's called like baby oh, feet. Oh, baby feet. Yeah. Baby feet, where it's like you put this goop on your feet and it cooks it for a bit, I've like done hangs it out for a bit, and it exfoliates all the calluses off, and you just like slough off your foot yeah. for like. I've done that before, but I cannot use them anymore because I get too overzealous and I hurt myself. <laughs> yeah, I would I would be the same. I'm going to dip my hands in it yeah, and get rid like of all I of my nails. I get too peely. Yeah. And um but so the the dream before that that like will stick with me forever that I think about all the time is that I had a huge like zit kind of like boil thing on my forehead (laughs) and i tried to i went to pop it and like feathers and sand and rocks came out cool i love this imagery so cool right yeah Yeah. so i've got i've got another body horror um dream to add to the my lexicon (laughs) (laughs) and i'm i'm pretty excited about it i don't always remember my dreams but i feel like this one i'll remember that's important yeah yeah so Thank I just had to sharing. cover that. <laughs> yeah. May you have many more body horror dreams. Yeah. This is like an official segment. Kate Thank had a body you. horror Kate dream. Body horror dreams. Yeah. <laughs> dream corner with Kate. Dream corner. <laughs> we need to get like a psychoanalysis person on. Ooh, like... Yes, please. <laughs> Lacan, tell me what this means. <laughs> I do like Lacan. Lacan's yeah. fun. Lacan can stay. The con can stay. I, I, I'm also a bit of a Freud apologist, but mm. you know. I mean, who isn't? Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm in good company here. I'm like, I like Freud. Shh, don't tell. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to talk about psychoanalysis, <laughs> you kind of have to be, right? Yeah. Anywho. Anywho. The movie. Yes, Motel Hell. So when we we were like, we should have Ash on. Um, and Because I feel like we could do like a big horror vanguard guest episode but i feel like it'd be mm-hmm. cool to have ash on and john on separately to do separate films of like their own interests and yeah. i was like ash what film do you want to do at first you wanted to do is it cannibal the musical yeah Can- cannibal the musical was my first thought yeah coming off of the back of our opera it. episode on hv yes <laughs> opera episode um i actually haven't seen cannibal the musical even though i I really like South Park, actually, and that's like the South Park guys. That is like, so the weird. South, the South Park movie <laughs> is like one of the best movie musicals that's ever been made, and I wow. go die on that hill. It's Whoa. actually it's it's Les Mis is what it is. That's why it's good. Um, <laughs> I know, I know. That's like one of my most cancelable opinions. Is I think South Park's <laughs> kind of funny, um, but I know it's those guys. 
but then you changed yes. your mind to this and I hadn't heard of this. So I'm really curious as to like what you like about this film and why you wanted to do this film. And I actually am really glad you did because I feel like this was like perfect for our first sort of really big meaty Yay. discussion because it covers everything. <laughs> oh, this is going to be so much fun. I, I love Motel Hell. This movie has everything going for it. It has a ridiculous concept. It is constantly doing weird, unnecessary stuff. Yes. Which just <laughs> there are there are car chases. There are people being planted in the ground. There's like a very Texas Chainsaw Massacre killer at one point. Like the, it never disappoints and it never stops. And it's also like cannibalism, cannibal movies and horror, I think, fall under kind of two camps. And there's either movies that are just kind of about cannibalism, like cannibalism is the focus of the film. And then there's movies where cannibalism is woven into the rest of the movie. And it's like it's a it's a tentpole of the film. It's a supporting pillar necessary, but not the entirety. And I think Motel Hell falls into the latter category. Mm. Yeah, I would agree. And we'll definitely one of the main talking points, we'll get into it. But like, I feel like this isn't so much a film about cannibalism as it is about like the reason why they're doing the cannibalism, mm -hmm. if, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And there are other ways they could have done it um instead of just being like oh no we're killing and eating people it's about <laughs> much more actually this is surprising i've never seen the texas chainsaw massacre really i'm a i'm like weirdo with like my like horror movie like knowledge and that like the things that i have not seen are like wait you haven't seen that i'm like no i haven't um and then i you know seen other stuff that people are like what's that um so yeah, I've never I've never seen it, but I loved how the beginning of this movie is just Psycho. Oh yeah, yeah. And Psycho is like probably my second favorite horror movie. Yeah, there's this yeah. movie is very referential in a mm -hmm. in a great way, and like it's is it is this movie like um, self aware? It is right. I I think so. Like, and I was like reading up on it. So it's Moto Hell, directed by Kevin Connor, and it's from 1980. But the screenplay had been like this is <laughs> something that had been in production for years. Mm -hmm. Um, and the original script was not a dark comedy. Okay, it wasn't a satire, and it was way darker. It included bestiality in it. Oh shit! Um, in, in addition to the cannibalism and stuff. And it originally, is it Toby Hooper? Is that his name? Who did Texas mm -hmm. Chainsaw Massacre? Yeah. Was it, he was originally going to be the director of it. Um, oh, but interesting. Then when he approached like the studio with it and they said no, he left the project. And then this other guy came on and we add in the, the comedy uh, aspect. Um, and so I feel like it's that on on purpose, but it wasn't marketed that way. Um, it wasn't marketed as like a horror comedy except for like a tagline on the poster that was like you'll die laughing or or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but otherwise, like the trailer and stuff was all like kind of like serious horror. And then when you watch yeah. this, it's like goofy and funny. Um, yeah. while really gross. I was like, <laughs> like for a lot of this. It was awesome. Good foley work. Mm -hmm. um that, oh that's what God. grosses me yeah. out in a, in a movie is if it's got good foley work so and much like, gurgling yeah oh, the gurgling. a lot of gurgles <laughs> i couldn't handle it i hated it um but yeah so i i feel like it it evolved a lot but then was definitely aware that it was like purposefully kind of doing psycho plus texas chainsaw 
um, and was being purposefully funny with it. Um, yeah. As well. Yeah. From my very limited research I did on it. <laughs> yeah. And then there's like the whole like sort of backwards, like hick yeah kind of mm-hmm. aspect of there's so much class politics in this a lot oh yeah yeah yep. yeah yeah which is like this movie has so much more to say than so much of the like boring the real monster is trauma <laughs> horror yeah. movies that yes, are coming out now absolutely. See, I, love both. I love trauma so i'm a huge i mean i like fan. some of those too yeah but you're right. Like this movie um, has, you know, it's got it all. It's got eco-fascism. It sure does. <laughs> it has class politics. It has um, really commentary on, politics. Fa- on factory farming mm-hmm. <laughs> and like compassionate farming and like the compassionate farming of humans and what that might look like, <laughs> which is wild to think about. What I think um, will be interesting is that both ash and i are like plant-based eaters yeah 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 mm-hmm. i would love and to you, talk about that and you're not I, as far as i'm, <laughs> I'm aware not. but like um yeah i was like oh this is gonna be fun to talk about it's like raw where she was a vegetarian oh, such a good <laughs> yeah movie. yeah raw's so good oh, i love the ending yeah. dream dream relationship when when we get the mom and dad reveal oh my yeah. god yes me and who mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. oh yeah that is the that dad's is just like i've been putting up mm-hmm. with it <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um that i cannibalized loved... green flag yeah yeah really i loved um the use of the song that ida sings in the at the beginning of the movie and then it's like the credit song um which i believe was called because i like was losing my mind at the title of it and was like it's because it's very punny um there's like the sort of two songs that are mentioned in the credits if imdb will um you're eating out my heart and soul yep babe you're feasting on my better side it's incredible like it was that was perfect i was like that's the like that's the best opener to a movie like yeah um and i was very confused and i i think like intentionally like i was a little confused at first about vincent and ida's relationship I thought they were lovers i did too but they're siblings which yeah you know i think that that leans into a lot of the like because there's a lot of like incest taboo in this one yes. kind of playing on some of those psycho notes and i think like I don't know. That was my reading is that you're meant to be like, are they? And then when you find out the brother and sister, you're meant to be like, are they? Right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, Lots of interesting sexual politics in in this film as well. It's got everything. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the, when uh, Terry um, like enters into the picture, you know, and like people assume that she's the daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, nope. She is not the daughter. This film's very explicit about just like having a daddy kink thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Th- this film, I salute the, you know, I kneel for the cross, you know, <laughs> and it's stand for the troops, and it's this movie, and like, I, I, you know, for for people who haven't seen it, the basic premise is there's Ida and Vincent who kill people and farm them and they bury them up to the neck and slit their throats so that they can't scream and they like feed them up fatten them up it's very reminiscent of that one episode of hannibal where they're doing like the mushroom farming Mm -hmm. on the people and Mm -hmm. they're all buried i feel like brian fuller must like this movie 
because I just like got vibes. I was like, Brian Fuller likes this, I think. Um, but they farm them and then they smoke the meats and then they sell the meats and people think it's pig, right? Um, and, and people go wild over yeah. the meats. Yes. Like, it's the best it's, thing ever. They just <laughs> Their meat tagline is, this is it. Or, or something like that yeah. like it's very simple um and that's basically the movie uh and they own a motel as as well yeah um, which I, I doesn't figure in as much as i thought it would mm-hmm. um at you know be, despite being the title <laughs> right which like and like especially with like the i was really intrigued by the use of like the neon sign yeah mm-hmm. in, in in the be- in the yeah. beginning it's obviously we get the pun because it's actually motel hello mm-hmm. is is the name of their motel and then it does the you know batman returns thing of mm-hmm. you know hell here hello there you know kind of thing and like ash i know you wanted to talk about motels uh in this film and like discourses around it like why is this film yeah. motel like what what, I, what is going on here so I, I think it's more than just kind of like riding off of the back of psycho which which i think mm. is kind of like the, the that's like the ground floor read of like right. the presence of the motel in this one but i find like i don't know the, so I, i've seen this movie like i don't know a million times and the, the last watcher always like really focused on the motel as as like the the site and the location because it is this motel that's like weirdly grafted on to like a, a like industrial meat processing farm situation mm-hmm. not suspicious at all it was not sus not sus no <laughs> the the shoot that takes you directly from your bed into the meat grinder should not be a cause for alarm <laughs> but like the thing the thing that's sort of thinking about is that like motels are kind of this like weird interstitial space they're like such a site of of like undirected potential mm-hmm. like you you can go to a motel to be to be kidnapped and eaten by cannibals you can go to a motel to elope you can go to a no-tell motel for a discreet hookup like there are there are these places that kind of like confusingly balance this hidden realm of secrecy and shadows and the absence intentional absence of documentation with like everybody knows what happens if there was a no-tell motel in the town i grew up in and you know despite the fact that i never knew anyone who went to it everyone knew what happened there like it was it was a well-known establishment (laughs) and the fact and the film really plays with it too because you get all of these people who are like like all of our characters that we kind of meet throughout the way are like some riff on the vagrant and the drifter you right. got the the biker gang, the band on tour, sex workers going from one gig to another. Everyone is kind of, and then like the the swinger kink couple who are embodying that same like Poetic discourse cinema. on their own. <laughs> and it's like set set in the small town that also like it, in and of itself doesn't exist because motels are never part of they're never in the town they're never part of the town they're always like tacked on the periphery. Mm-hmm. And like for me, this opens up like a lot of space to kind of like it's a really important question because if the motel is this undirected site of potential and and we can use it for bad or for good or for the neutral i literally just stayed at some shitty motel a couple days ago while driving across country um so it's a neutral use of the motel Mm -hmm. but like how can how can we then change material circumstances right change conditions change our like social frameworks to uh, like like this is a classic prefiguration right like the motel is the seed of this utopian potential how can we nurture it to blossom Mm -hmm. into something groovy rather than something that you know grinds people up yeah like the like being able to use a bullwhip 
<laughs> all over your room just That's like haphazardly um with like so much joy you yeah. know good timeline um, yeah yeah and i was thinking like what you said about um yeah the motel being this like un sort of unknowable space like uh like a hotel um is full of surveillance you know like there's cameras everywhere and they're they check your id and they check your credit card and there's like documents and and like key cards and i feel like Mm -hmm. motels are like you know actual keys and like turning a sign on and off for vacancy or no vacancy like there isn't it's not computerized it's not like Mm -hmm. you know people like the kind of trope of being a motel front desk person is like i didn't see anything Mm -hmm. and like we also like i don't know if they did this on purpose but like you don't get motels without cars like it's a motor yes. hotel. It's a yeah. hotel you mm-hmm. drive up to and your room that you park right in front of your room instead of going right. inside of a building, right? When I um I took a vacation in New Zealand about uh five years ago and mm-hmm. I did like a self-little driving tour around New Zealand and I stayed at motels the the whole time where I just kinda like drove up and there was my room. Um, like each each of the places that I went. And it's like the reason that they do cannibalism in this film is for like eco-fascist reasons are like eco-cannibals there's too many people and not enough food they're very like aware of like like climate catastrophe and like over you know overcrowding which isn't a real thing like there is enough food for for everyone even with how big our population's gotten but like cars are part of that cars are what allows us to travel cars allow the population to to grow in some ways cars contribute to the climate catastrophe cars allow food to travel and we don't have motels without cars. And so it's interesting that it's like a motel where like a motor vehicle is like so many of the ways that they trap the tourists and stuff Mm -hmm. are through vehicles as, as well. Like there's like the bikers, like all sorts of stuff. It's like the, the cop in the, the car um, with his date, uh, which that scene was like, you know, Google, you know, 40% of cops have, you know, (laughs) yeah. Totally. Not the hero of the story. No, no, fuck <laughs> him. Um, but like it vehicles are so tied up in this process of people being ground up and and redistributed um in, in this community. Um and I just like don't know if that would work without vehicles. And so it just suits that it's a motel and not a hotel. Right. As well. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, because people usually go to motels by accident. I mean, I guess the swinger couple, it was on their like <laughs> swinger approved um, zine, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but like most people, yeah, most people don't seek out a motel. <laughs> they're just like, it, they're exhausted. It's like the end of the day and you see the you know, neon sign over the highway and they're like, all right, I guess I'll go there tonight. Mm-hmm. So people end up there accidentally. And um, yeah, I want to talk about, because Ash, you talked about this um, a little bit, like the people he chooses as victims are, you know, sort of like outsiders of all sorts and how, you know, they're kind of um, 
disposable, you know, like these are the, and, and then Terry gets saved because I think he sees her as this like angelic creature. Um, but then all mm-hmm. the other people are like sex workers, musicians, kinky freaks. And like what that says about the, the greater project. Cause Ida and, and Vincent like really have a project. Yeah. Like what like their project ideology. Is. It's almost yeah. religious to them. Yeah. It's like a cause they believe in. Oh, totally. And that's like a refreshing kind of, this isn't just a Texas Chainsaw Massacre ripoff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like that, the, the fact like Texas Chainsaw Massacre is really just kind of, you know, both the psychic and embodied trauma of like the, the greater meat industry. Uh, mm-hmm. But this, this film, like, you know, like they're Christo fascists. That's, yeah. that's what they want. Yeah. Like the cooking and eating of people is really just like this kind of like grind set side job that they have. <laughs> it's it's the vehicle through which they are bringing this thing about you know the, they've got their their malthusian eco-fascist christo-fascist thing and they're just they're just cooking people as a way to get that which is also like oh that is such a good good metaphor for gestures broadly yeah yeah and it's like the scene i think that just like i'm in awe of the scene still is like when they're at the little picnic and explaining mm. how they got into the business, how they were so poor that they couldn't, uh, like his family couldn't refrigerate stuff. And so his grandmother smoked things and would just smoke anything that moved. Like a joke, like if it didn't, if it couldn't run quick enough, it got smoked because that's how they could preserve mm-hmm. food mm-hmm. without a refrigerator. Um, and, uh, and so that's sort of like, they're bringing like, that brings class into it that the reason they got into this was because they um did not have the means to have a refrigerator like they did not have that class position they didn't have that wealth to have a refrigerator and so they smoked their meat so it's posing smoked meats as a more (laughs) like you know working man salt of the earth you know the, the trope of the like wizened folk like country grandma who you know is like rough and tumble and will smoke things and will you know wring a chicken's neck with her bare hands kind of thing like i feel like that's a trope i've seen in other things mm-hmm. um and so that, like that that is where this comes from is from them not having money as, yeah as kids and they've turned this into like instead of realizing that like oh we don't have the means to do something and have to eat our food this way what do we do with that as an adult like instead of trying to help people they think they are helping people but by getting rid of people they view as extra as excess kill all the freaks and then we can feed the god-loving people Mm -hmm. with the freaks Mm -hmm. and they're not discerning about um the kinds of meat that they that they smoked and i don't know if we um wanted to talk more about like the the types of people anymore i didn't want to cut off any trains of thought Mm, i mean i do want to get back to the swingers but we can talk about that later (laughs) (laughs) the swingers get their own section yeah they get their yeah okay let's talk about swinging no Um. (laughs) but um like they mentioned that um, the grandma would smoke anything, including uh, dogs. Yes. Um, and this disgusts 
the people that they're with on the picnic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that the grandma was not discerning. Meat is meat. And it's almost this like and Christ-like. And a man's got to eat. A man's got to eat. But it's almost this <laughs> sort of like Buddha, like Zen koan of like accepting like meat is meat. And you don't discern meat. All meat is good. Right. right? And everyone's mm-hmm. disgusted. And it made me think of like our cultural attitudes as to not necessarily is eating meat moral or not. Um, I'm kind of less interested about that with this film, Mm -hmm. even though I myself am like vegetarian, but more what meat is culturally and politically and ethically good to eat and how and why. Um, Because the dog disgusts people and obviously the humans do too, but it's like the cannibals are seen as like, they also view eating dog is okay. Like mm-hmm. all meat is good to them, including humans, including dogs. But the the non-cannibals, they're more discerning about right. the meat that they eat. And they don't eat dogs, even though there are other cultures that eat dogs. Like the only reason we don't eat dogs is because we've made personal attachments to to them. Hi, Arthur. You want mm, to speaking of. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of personal My attachments. Here. My cat's here. Um, but then the funny Aww. thing is that they do discern the humans mm-hmm. that they yeah. are yep. okay with with killing and eating. Like they don't pick out good pigs from bad pigs, but mm-hmm. they pick out mm-hmm. good humans from bad humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. think this. So uh, go ahead. Gone. <laughs> this speaks to. Like, I think this really speaks to like the class thing you were just talking about too, because it's it's when when I when I hear them talking about like. Oh well, we had to smoke everything because we couldn't afford a refrigerator. I'm like, it's it's the say the line Bart meme because they also own a farm, a meat processing facility, and a motel, and, and the like ab- that, ability to smoke things. Yeah, and that 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 money came from somewhere, and so it's like, you know, this isn't this isn't a bootstrap tale. Like they had dollars that they're obfuscating here through their kind of like mm-hmm. working class language games. Yes. Yeah, and then when. When you when we get to the meat, I mean, we see that today in like contemporary fascism. Like, look at look at Trump or DeSantis. They're always talking about like, oh, the working people, the average person. They're making up this kind of like ideological construct of a human, which they don't matter at all. That doesn't matter to them. That's just a vehicle for them to seize more power. And I think right. in the in the context of this, they're like splitting hairs with the meat thing is another way to kind of like ignore material realities of meat production and instead mm-hmm. create this like. Oh, it's an ideological construct. All we believe that all meat is good and all meat should be eaten. And then if you look at the back end of it, they're actually like way more picky than like your average like McDonald's shopper or something. Right. Like I found it very interesting that they sort of touted in 1980, like, oh, no preservatives, all they didn't say organic, but like it's all natural. It's like and it sort of reminded me like because like Troll 2 was, you know, the rumor is that, like, the person, I don't know if it's a rumor or if it is, yeah. like, doesn't like vegetarians and so made a movie where eating vegetables is bad. And this, <laughs> it felt like the whole, like, it's far, it's posing this, like, oh, this is all natural and no preservatives yes. and we don't do anything to it and it's good for you and whatnot. Whereas real red-blooded Americans will will eat our whatever and fuck this organic liberal bullshit. Like where it's like posing like we take care of the things as like bad and like this like it's like pre-snowflakey mm-hmm. almost. And then the big reveal at the end is that he had been using preservatives. Yep. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That was very funny. So I, I didn't know what that. y'all thought about that framing as well. Is like that it's not just like 
you know, the cannibalism farming and stuff, but this sort of like, they really focus in on like, oh, it's, you know, it's all natural and no preservatives and no dyes and no artificial flavors. <laughs> and like, I don't know what y'all's thoughts were on that framing. Hmm. So many thoughts. Yeah. I, I think it's, the, the first, one of the things that I think is really interesting about that, right, is that, so traditionally, you know, like if, if someone was like, oh, like we've got the, the vision of like the Birkenstock granola hippie, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the kind of like sta- standard issue environmentalist type, you know, riding a bike everywhere, all of those things. But like when we look at like, oh, no preservatives, chemicals in your food, non-GMO, a lot of the people who really push those ideas and really stick with them are also like anti-vaxxers. Yeah, right, like the, the, the <laughs> overlap on like quote unquote, and especially like if we rope in diet culture to this, the overlap between like all of that stuff and like far right personalities is almost a perfect circle. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. that th- this movie is really like I don't know, it's really, really stressing on like yeah, yeah, that's like because that's like an aesthetic thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because like you know we can talk about like what is healthy in food. But that conversation is almost less meaningful than like, okay, well, who's being forced to drink 10 gallons of red 40 a week and who has the economic ability to avoid that and avoid the consequences of those things? Yeah, Um, there is actually a farm near where my mom lives in the in Virginia in the Shenandoah Valley. And that kind of farmer is like ubiquitous in Mm. that area. Yeah. there's a really well-known farm that got super famous with um, the omnivore's dilemma. Um, that's like 20 miles away from my mom's house. And they have a pretty amazing like way of sustainably farming. Um, you know, if you believe that it's ethically okay to eat animals, but um, when, you know, there were like some hints that he- that this guy was a little bit off. Uh, but when COVID hit, he became a hard, mm-hmm. you know, he became an out hardcore anti-vaxxer and made mm-hmm. a lot of comments on, um, you know, the origin of COVID being in China yeah. and, um, you know, really showed his like true colors of, but, you know, he's, he, he is sort of the perfect vision of like, the working class but make it hollywood handsome um Mm -hmm. white farmer where he you know he looks like robert redford and like (laughs) i was thinking about this with like vincent you know he's this like supposed redneck farmer quote unquote who has perfect teeth yeah um and this like hollywood smile and he is like extremely charming yeah um and yeah, he's like a demented Norman Rockwell. Um, he really did remind me of Ronald Reagan. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Like shots that, fired. <laughs> like the yeah, like sort of what what Hollywood or like a libertarian would mm-hmm. think a uh, like successful farmer looks like. And like the marketing for this film really leaned on him because he this had been his first film in like a long time. Okay. And he had been a big film star before this. Like he was in uh, How to Marry a Millionaire. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Um, uh, Ash, you will be pleased to know that he was in Hell Comes to Frogtown. <laughs> oh, my God. You're right. 
<laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, that's such a good movie, too. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, yeah. Um, let's see what else what else was he in? Uh he's in a whole lot of shit. His IMDB is stacked. <laughs> um let's see. I'm looking for ones where I know the title of them. Uh yeah, How to Marry a Millionaire is like the the big one that um that that I know. Um so he wasn't necessarily like a a horror um actor um but like he was you know if you've seen pictures of him because he was like 50 something in this if you've seen pictures of him when he was younger oh he was a babe you can tell i <laughs> yeah, mean you can see he was it. good yeah, looking yeah. yeah he's got like zaddy uh oh, looks yeah. to him for sure it's like you know they just put overall like if you if you put him in like a suit mm-hmm. he would be like a silver fox for sure Although I have to say the like Wolfman Pete or whatever, Wolfman Jack, whatever his name yeah. is, plays like the creature. It's more my type. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, that was so. Um, I loved him. He had like yeah. really Matt, Matt Berry vibes or something. His scenes oh, were so oh, totally. surreal. He yeah. does have Matt Berry vibes. You're right. The scene with him on the TV is so surreal. I loved it so yeah. much. Um, but yeah, so it's like the sort of like idea of like you know what do, what do farmers look like who are our farmers and we have you know a guy who was in how to marry a millionaire yeah i believe mm-hmm. marilyn monroe is in that film mm-hmm. um like but you know kate you mentioned he has zaddy vibes <laughs> which i, I think, think so. is a good transition <laughs> <laughs> it's kink corner let's oh, talk boy. about the swingers <laughs> and all the daddy shit in this how that like why why and like what does this have to do with like the cannibalism aspect yes. as well because i was actually surprised it wasn't just like ooh, we're being little swingers and oh we're gonna like joke tie up like no it was they like you went full <laughs> into it yeah and more than i maybe would have expected in a goofy horror comedy yeah like he comes out like wearing a skirt and like a little mm-hmm. like jock oh. cup thing yeah. she's got a whip they're like yeah. oh i wonder if they're into animal stuff like they like their list of things they were into was all of it <laughs> like all of it and and they were just like giggling the whole time and they're like oh this couple seems fucked up like i love how much fun they were having yeah, and i wanted so to I'm, just watch a movie just based on them going to I was screaming going to <laughs> motels on their like um it's like their kink green book or something where they're like, <laughs> they're just like, oh, this place is friendly. We'll go here. Like, how the fuck did that hotel end up on their list? Right. Because <laughs> so, like, nobody comes back from it. Who the hell came back from it and wrote about, <laughs> like, about Motel Hello? Hello. And so, like, <laughs> why, like, why the swingers why not just you know why show the swingers and their kink stuff so explicitly and like also adding in the like daddy thing that that shows up where he is going to marry a much younger woman um like why is this in this cannibalism movie right this christo-fascist eco-fascism <laughs> yeah. movie that has cannibalism in it like 
why they could have just shown them being like swingers right but no mm-hmm. they they go so much more into it and then that carries through with the relationship vincent has so i just i don't know what folks thoughts are of like how this r- relates hmm oh as usual so many. watching it yeah <laughs> I mean, like, I think I just on like on like a really basic level, it sets us up a contrast with Vincent because like mm-hmm. the, the swingers are like they're like harmless perverts. They're into they're into them. everything weird, but yeah. they're not like in they're not eating people. And then you've got Vincent, who's outwardly pretending to be this good Christian businessman, but who in actuality kidnaps and brainwashes a woman so he could have like a marrying my daughter fantasy. Mm-hmm. And I think it, I'm kind of like I, I would I would say like maybe a more extrapolated level we've got like you know like cannibalism isn't always direct you know you you don't have to like eat someone's arm off of their living body to to get your cannibalism card you know like there are more <laughs> meta cannibalisms there's out a there, card right? <laughs> you haven't gotten the card oh god damn will, it <laughs> i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna call the regional office we gotta get thank this you fixed. thank you so mm-hmm. much Nope, the cards go out. That's the rule of the okay, cannibalism club. You. The cards go out, <laughs> our only rule. <laughs> but no, like you don't you don't have to like directly eat someone to be involved in the process of consuming the life of others. You know, that's that's literally what capitalism is. We're all feeding off of each other constantly. It's just extrapolated one layer away through wage. And I think I think the kink discourse folds folds into this nicely too because we're we, like this movie is really invested in the broader conversation of like who do you eat why are you eating them and what does it mean that you're eating them mm-hmm. and like there's a couple parenthetical outs in that in that phrase <laughs> but like right because at one point yeah. they even say that vincent has syphilis of the brain yeah right. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. and his pecker is shriveled <laughs> um yeah i mean i was thinking like you know what you said what you're saying ash is like um kink is like you know it's performative it's play and there's you know there's cannibalism kinks that oh yeah are you know like vor where you know people want to be swallowed or swallow something but they don't actually do it it's just the the feeling of it it's the enjoyment of it in, in whatever way that you know gets you off and you know for for kink it's like you're able to explore transgressive things in safe relatively safe with like mm-hmm. you know consent um harmless ways i mean obviously there's risk to every um oh, yeah. we practice i practice rack over here but yeah so you know there's there's risk to everything obviously but um you know, if you're going to get hogtied by someone, you're getting hogtied because you want to get hogtied. Mm-hmm, you don't get mm-hmm. hogtied because someone's going to um, plant you in their garden against yeah. your Process consent. Process you with like, literal hogs, yeah. Yeah, like if someone wanted to plant me in their garden with consent, I would probably be okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> but, totally. Um, Especially if I get the trippy, like, brainwashing yeah, psychedelic moment. Yeah, like, please don't slit my throat, but otherwise... Nope. Um, you could choke me that, yeah. that does the same thing but yeah. like, you know there's there's <laughs> lots of levels to play and like also the the gender roles of the swing yes. and couple you know yep. we're like blurry and more interesting and more transgressive and... i loved these two perverts so much oh my god yes. he comes out of Deep the way. um out of the bathroom like where's my jelly yep 
<laughs> I, like I loved them because it was like they're these two like harmless perverts. They're kind of bad about checking about safe words and agreeing on things, yeah. but you know, risk mm-hmm. aware. Yeah, and they just like they're so just like relaxed with it, and they're like having fun. They're able to ask these like questions like while they're prepping for their play. Mm-hmm. Like they're taking it mm-hmm. like kind of nonchalantly, and like it. It was actually kind of domestic and loving. I was like really yes. touched. Like, yeah, just they them, really like, like each talking. other prepping mm-hmm. like while they're getting ready for this like she's practicing with her whip he comes out like where's my jelly like yeah. they're like in the like in the mood obviously already but mm-hmm. they're like having this list like they're a couple together like sharing intimate mm-hmm. space prepping to go into these sort of perhaps extreme experimental playful space both with the each other and these strangers that they right yeah and i was like you don't see that shit in in movies and i was just like blown away by this couple in this like goofy slasher comedy yeah and if you're going to a motel that you think is on the like a safe list of places to play you -hmm. know you're assuming that these people that are checking you in are also playing along you know they're mm-hmm. also part of the oh, performance yeah. like oh there was that total like sort of like hinty yep. hinty thing as they your, were getting signed your in daughter. Mm-hmm. and he's like he's not my daughter and they're like even better ah! <laughs> you know like they think they're that about to have, <laughs> they think they're about to have an incredibly fun night yeah with like some other pervs and meanwhile meanwhile vincent <laughs> He gives pervs a bad name. Yeah, he's mm. like this, you know, in- judgmental um, man who, you know, invokes the Lord. And like, you know, he he was the he decided that Terry was, you know, the Lord looked down and said, save this woman for you, mm-hmm. you know, not for the greater good, but for you. Mm-hmm. And like the rest of them can all get thrown in the garden. Right. And like with the garden and this is where we maybe get you know obviously political um but also we're getting political (laughs) ethical around like meat eating and and meat production and and farming um because like it's not that they're just farming them there's like compassionate quote unquote farming Mm -hmm. where they're like taking care of them or trying to keep them from being distressed and, and and all of this stuff and they're doing happy meat yeah right and i was sort of it reminded me because like as someone who does not eat meat um both for you know anti-capitalist total liberation reasons for religious reasons um Mm -hmm. as well uh i i actually have a lot of opinions about the whole like Oh, free range. We give the cows massages and, you know, let them listen to like Steely Dan <laughs> Steely before we Dan. put a air bolt through their skull. Yeah. Like I remember being in college and I wasn't a vegetarian at the time. I was taking a German film class and we were watching Benny's video by, um, is it uh, Michael Hanukkah? Is that how you? Oh, yeah. Hanukkah. Yeah. Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the same guy who did Funny Games. And the beginning yep. of Benny's video, if you have not seen it, is actual footage of a pig being slaughtered via like the air bolt, like in uh, No Country for Old Men. Um you see that footage and it's like rewound and sped up and slowed down and 
rewound and fast forwarded for like a good couple of minutes. And -hmm. that's how that movie starts. And I almost threw up. Yeah. Because I just like seeing that actually happen because we're so separated from the actual production of meat. It's like a very commodity fetishism kind of thing. Like we don't actually see what goes into the sausage you buy at the store. Um, And I have a lot of opinions about like, oh, well, we treat them good before we kill them. And it's like you're still killing them. There's still violence there. It's just making you feel better about it. And, you know, people can, you know, if people are okay with that when they go to eat me, like, I'm I'm fine with that. But I thought it was, like, interesting, this, like, discourse of, like, oh, we're going to plant them and take care of them and fatten them up and, like, give them hypnosis so they're not so distressed (laughs) and, like, make it all organic (laughs) and, like, being good farmers, you know. Do you want to know the name of the chicken you're eating kind of (laughs) thing? So I, I don't know, like... It reminded me of of that. Like we all we all care so much about like oh you gotta buy free your your eggs from free range chickens that don't eat grain, um and, and all this. So I I don't know because I know Kate you wanted to talk about like the whole compassionate farming thing like the way Vince does his farming mm-hmm. and his yeah. murdering and how much care he mm-hmm. puts into it and just contrasted that with like the violence that is right being done and and ash you too since you are a fellow like plant-based yeah let's have some fun person who probably has opinions on this as well (laughs) oh do i ever (laughs) yeah yeah ash i'd love to hear what you think because i i feel like as a as a meat eater um like i'm deeply conflicted about being a meat eater and often i'm like i should be a vegetarian and i know like it's one of those things that you know i'm aware of so i feel Mm -hmm. like a giant hypocrite but <laughs> uh, plant based. We are large. We contain multitudes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh man. There, there's. There's so much. There's so much to like dig into here. Uh, no pun. No pun. No pun <laughs> intended. Given the movie hey. that we're watching. But um. Sh- but uh. Yeah. So I. Th- I think that. Uh, where do I even start? I mean, like obviously, like the whole like. So the like, the whole like idea of humane meat that grows out of like Sander Katz's post vegetarianism. Which yeah. was all like, oh, it's okay to eat cows if you put on a VR goggle that makes the cow think it's in a pasture, which is one of the ideas that people floated. Jesus. Um, <laughs> and it's and it's like that that's deeply neoliberal in the classic politics sense, yeah. right? It's all about individualizing the problem. Mm-hmm. Um I, I often go to I often like because talking about meat and meat consumption is a very loaded issue, right? Because Yes. Yeah. Obviously, if you, you know, like if anyone out there in listener land has any kind of, you know, dietary issue, medical, Mm -hmm. psychological, whatever, like, obviously, this is kind of a minefield to discuss. So I often like to talk about recycling as like a proxy. And like recycling, like corporations have largely tricked us that it's our individual responsibility to recycle stuff. And then recycling kind of also doesn't happen on the back end. So like in in so many cities in America, you throw your stuff in a recycling bin, that shit's just getting taken to some incinerator or to the landfill. It's not actually getting recycled. You're con. In Philly, you just watch it happen directly into the truck, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. They just take both things and put them right into the same truck. Exactly. And like, like it's a, it's a trick that's been played on us to make us believe that we have to do things and corporations don't actually have any responsibility. We have to be, this kind of mythic mm-hmm. good consumer in quotes. But what I will yeah. say on top of that is that recycling might be an ineffective individual practice right now. That's part of a con we've all bought into, but I, I can very easily see a world and I can see ways in my own life where finding ways to reuse materials 
is the correct decision, is part of prefiguration, is part of a better world. Mm-hmm. And I think that this conversation, both environmentally and in, and in terms of like assisting workers who are part of these machines, literally. Um, and I think mm-hmm. like that, that conversation maps right like one to one back onto like meat consumption. Because like if mm-hmm. you're if you're buying impossible burgers from Burger King, the king of meat burgers, like how quote unquote vegan is that really? You know, like right. I get those giving time, money to right. the meat man. <laughs> yeah, 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 they're yeah. delicious, but yeah. yeah, the tasty, tasty. Um, but mm-hmm. and I think like another another thing too, like the, I think the last thing that I would just like put on the meat discourse wagon is like all of that like humane meat discourse stuff. I think that that is also expressly there because like so much of the meat industry thrives on alienation. It's like Jay, exactly mm-hmm. what you were talking about. Like the fact that we can't see into these factories and like just the horrible, horrible shit that happens to meat processing yeah. workers to this day, how brutal yeah. those mm-hmm. jobs are, how long those shifts are like, like people are, are being mortally wounded on the killing floor, being ground up alongside the meat that's being served to us. Like that yeah. at this point is no longer even extrapolated cannibalism. Yeah. Rant. Yeah. And the towns <laughs> No, And like the towns that are known for those kinds of plants, mm-hmm. you know, it's like it, they stink They're, You know, it's like people are oh, just yeah. assaulted with the smell of death, you know? And it's like, Obviously, those towns are not rich towns, mm-hmm. and those places are not in, you know, like they are experienced by the poor and working class only. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the the upper class and, you know, middle class can be like, oh, I, I buy my chicken at Whole Foods where like, you know, bad things don't happen to the chickens. But like, mm-hmm. except being killed, yeah, except <laughs> being killed, <laughs> and bad things don't have the work happen to the workers, which like we know is not true. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was interesting in this movie that he. So I was thinking about like the act of like putting humans into the ground, um, like like yeah. vegetables. Yeah, like he turns them into plants in a way, mm-hmm. or tries to. Um, and then, like, is there something sort of like cleansing to him about putting them into the ground and like tending to them, you know? Because I felt like he and Ida like would have a lot of conversations that almost felt like re like self reassuring yes. about what they were mm-hmm. doing. Yes. Oh, totally. Um, and I felt like how they were like putting people in the ground and making them feel better and all this stuff was like a way for them to reassure themselves of their mission and that they were doing the okay thing. It's like they were doing almost like self-obfuscation. Mm-hmm. Yes. How do you, yep. the fuck you say that word? Um, like it almost felt like they're like that they didn't that like killing people, they knew it was wrong too, but they were like, Oh, but it's part of this greater project and we're doing the right thing. It's like, I, I you know, couldn't think of a quote off the top of my head, but um, it, it felt very like, you know, when I hear people like, oh, I want to buy the the free range or the, the mm-hmm. grain free or the whatever meat instead of the the one that's not, it's a reassuring thing that like you're you're doing the 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 right thing. And again, like whether or not eating meat is moral or not, I'm kind of not interested in yeah. that as a as a as a question that is very culturally um 
loaded. Mm-hmm. Um, even like I'm Buddhist, you don't even have to be vegetarian to be Buddhist. Like mm-hmm. in a lot of lineages, that's just a, a choice I made. I don't have to be. It's just a choice I made, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to judge people for eating meat. You know, violence is a part of all of our lives. And there is just a certain degree of violence that we have to accept and we have to be judicious about that that violence mm-hmm. right and what yeah. we do about it and what we do with it the fact like there is no such thing as no violence in one's life you are you know uh to get a little buddhist on main when you take <laughs> like <laughs> vows right and like take refuge you know one of those is like to not cause harm to like sentient beings and but that's impossible because there's yep. like bacteria you're stepping on right like yeah. mm-hmm. in the production of your vegetables you know oh, insects absolutely. Die, yeah probably even if you're not eating meat you know in tibetan buddhism it's hard to grow vegetables and so they do eat a lot of meat um and so it's like what okay so what do we do about that so you're always failing at this there's always violence that you're causing mm-hmm. uh, there's always harm that you're causing so what do you do uh, about yeah. that and i feel like this film it's not so much interested in is eating meat right or wrong but rather in the violence of all food production mm-hmm. Absolutely. what do you do with that violence right um, yeah I, I i i completely agree this movie is weirdly this this goofy little pseudo parody <laughs> of a film <laughs> is yeah you you can't you can't shop your way out of samsara right like you know like you can't buy enough boca burgers to be reborn as an enlightened being yeah <laughs> and this this movie's this movie's got its teeth like very deep into that idea and like even even like i think like um the, that whole idea of them trying to convince themselves that what they're doing is right and good like just look at the the quote unquote tweet that got Tucker Carlson fired, like that. Talk that, to get hit, bitch. Yeah, yeah. That's what you get for talking about a library project I'm a part of. <laughs> get owned. Who won? Who won? <laughs> Who won? <laughs> but like even even that, like that tweet was like that's the you know like part of that is him trying to convince himself that like the level of violence that he's supporting is right and good and proper mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like it's it's him working through that and that's exactly what this fascist couple in the movie is doing they need to make themselves okay with the horrible shit they do to people for money yeah mm-hmm. i mean that scene where they hypnotize the band mm-hmm. you know there is this like these kind of gorgeous amazing like hypnotic machines that they put in front of Mm -hmm. all the members of the band and they and you know he tells them like do you want to see experience the i mean it's like he's like a youth preacher where he's like want to experience the grooviest thing in the world it's god (laughs) man you're going up to heaven and then they lynch them Mm -hmm. you know then it's like the most suddenly there are these like incredibly violent um you know, like symbolic tools of killing someone, you know, they're just suddenly lynched and it's like, oh, okay, was that supposed to make things better? Um, you know, they're just these four strangers that you like creatively mm-hmm. killed. But they massage the, the cow. I mean, the band oh, yeah. members right, before exactly. they slaughtered yeah. them. It's yeah. dying they, with happy hormones. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They tell because right, the they meat tell tastes the cow. bad if they're scared. <laughs> well, and that's part of it too. You know, like um, a lot of the yeah, the reason why people want happy cows is we've also been told that like 
the meat tastes better when they're happy <laughs> which like how fucked up is that right. you know how oh i love a happy dead ghastly. animal <laughs> yeah um yeah right how haunted is that hotel i like i feel like there's this weird honesty to like the texas chainsaw massacre family because because they're just like oh no we love the taste of fear like yeah. scream and sweat a little before we eat you alive you know, like, good for them. They're so honest <laughs> about it. And then this family is 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 just like the the exact opposite of that. Right. Um Yeah. Can we talk about the cop? I feel uh, like we yeah. need have to cop, talk about the cop. We have to have cop discourse. There's more than one pig in this film. I love pig on pig crime at the end when they're yes. Um I read a review where, you know, someone said like, and the hero comes in on a meat mm. hook and you're like, he is not a hero. Nope. He literally sexually assaults yes. someone. Yes. And he's just yes. jealous that Terry was going to marry his older brother and not him. Like that's mm-hmm. the only, he does not care about, he knew about all the other people that got murdered and he didn't care he about saw the them. Garden. Yeah. Um, but I know we've talked about this a bunch before um, on Buffy, but like there, <laughs> I love the the ability to make cops bumbling in mm-hmm. pre nine eleven movies. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know that they're always such dumb dumb dumbs, right? Who like abuse their power to get what they want? Like mm-hmm. you know he you know uses he like legal speaks at people and threatens them just as they'll like, even though they were doing the same thing he was about to do. Oh, when he scares exactly. everybody out of like, make like, out point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Jesus. How rude. That was so rude. <laughs> he's the only character in the movie who's against fucking, even though mm-hmm. he's going to sexually assault yeah. her. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, and then even at the end, you know, when like, Ida's gone and Vincent's gone and they're walking to the front of the hotel and he's like, I guess there should be some sort of investigation, mm. which is like, you think? And really? then she's like, you should just burn this place. It's got like bad vibes. And he's like, arson? That's illegal. And you're womp, like, womp. Hey, <laughs> buddy, where you been? Yeah. Like we've been doing a lot of illegal shit uh, tonight, sir. You literally got in a chainsaw fight. Yeah, with your brother. Fucked that chainsaw fight. That That was great. So, like, there's part of this movie that makes me think about Todd Browning's Freaks. Mm. Yeah, because the whole the whole point of Freaks is that like the the people become freaks in the end, right? And they're they're like absorbed into the freak community. One of us. One of us. Yeah, yeah. Except you, one of us. You've got everybody who's planted, and they like rise up for revenge. And I guess like having your throat slit makes you a kind of zombie or something. I guess. (laughs) Yeah. But like, I, I was kind of waiting for like. Like, like, why doesn't she get back with her biker boyfriend? And like, of course he dies. But like all the other like planted people just kind of go, go away. <laughs> yeah, I wish I knew where they went off to. They right. turn into dust because the head vampire got. Right. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. They, 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 no, they became no longer convenient for the plot. And explaining where they went would have been another couple hundred dollars in uh, film. And there's yeah. no way we're spending that. So they're gone now. Yeah, they well, they had. I did really appreciate the like tangle of limbs shot mm-hmm. um, of mm-hmm. them all like descending on Ida. 
That was great. Yeah, I love that. I love a good descending on someone. Yeah, and I did think that they ate her, which I was like, how is that part of the mythology? (laughs) But um, I liked even more that they planted her head down. Yeah, Yeah. upside down, inverting with head. Oh, my God, that. That it's like they they invert the arboreal philosophical structure yeah. that they were violently inserted into. This is the yes. most Deluso Guattarian film about <laughs> cannibals yeah, in yeah. a motel. Yeah, exactly. Deluso alarm. We should have a little. Um, if we ever get a soundboard, we'll have a little Deluso alarm. <laughs> I have been yeah, wanting a soundboard like for like five years on Horror Vanguard right now. I really need to buy John, John will oh let God. you. <laughs> yeah. I'll I, be like, no. I'm normal. <laughs> I can be trusted with sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I love that. Like that, like the root, like the root system that they have like clawed themselves out of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, then they, they put her back in and invert it and like, Oh, it's so amazing. And her feet are still kicking. Yeah, like they can't talk because they got their throat slit. She can't talk because her head's in the fucking ground. <laughs> it's like an inverted cross. Yeah, well, yeah. that's like part of the um, yeah. the thing about getting, yeah, getting planted. Um, I thought it was interesting. Like I actually was wish that they had sort of like cleaned and stripped the bodies before they planted them. Cause I think that actually would have been more like symbolic of like, you know, this like cleansing thing. I thought it was mm-hmm. wild that they were put in the ground in their full outfits. Right. I mean, you can't get eaten if you don't look cute. <laughs> you gotta have a good fit i have to be yes. the sexiest person buried alive behind the cannibal I have to be motel the most person in yeah. this cannibalism farm they all crawl out and like look at each other oh it's me <laughs> the kink couple wins yeah the kink couple's yep. like it's definitely me yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we've gone about an hour yes any yeah, sort of final thoughts. Final thoughts. Thank you, thoughts. Thank you. Thank you, too, for having me on and giving me the honor of being the first guest on the Woo-hoo! new Cannibalism podcast. I loved this. This has been a blast. <laughs> we'll have to have you two on HV for a cannibalism special, a fine Ooh, dining yeah. episode. Yeah, like I was like, uh, I, you know, curious, like how many cannibal things that you've done on HV? Because I know you've done Cannibal Holocaust. You've done Raw. Oh, we did, we did Raw. I mean, like, the surprising thing about cannibal cinema that I realized while trying to pick a movie for this episode is that there's cannibalism in a lot of horror movies it's that we true. don't classify as cannibal movies. Cannibal. Yeah. Uh, so really, we've got a we've got a veritable smorgasbord of people eating people to talk about. Yeah. And there's also like movies that like aren't quite horror, like The Cook, The Thief, His Wife and Her mm-hmm. Lover. There's like or, uh, in my skin eating Raul. Oh, eating Raul. In my yeah. skin, in my skin, which I haven't seen, yeah. but I've been heard about. So in the well, it's you know, it's a new French extremity. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it's adjacent. Oh, but... yeah. Any like just spin the wheel on French extremity films. They're all eating each other over there. Yeah, they might as well. <laughs> he might as well be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I I guess some of my final thoughts on this are. The fact that this is like a comedy mm-hmm. as as well, and like the role that humor played in it, I think it made it scarier to be 
honest because of how like goofy and making a joke but still it was like very horrific and the fact that that was paired with the humor like the horrific stuff wasn't toned down i also feel like the horrific stuff wasn't made goofy yeah like a lot of times in like horror comedy the it'll be like a gore fest that is meant to be kind of funny like i i walked out of renfield when i went to go see it (laughs) because 30 minutes in i couldn't sit through it um and the gore in that is ridiculous and it's funny but none of it was like except for like the second the few minutes that Nicolas cage was on screen which Mm -hmm. he deserved a better movie to be one of the best draculas i've ever seen to be honest always does Uh, yeah yeah, deserves a better movie Mm -hmm. um (laughs) But like this, it wasn't your typical horror comedy splatter fast. Um, it was actually like the the foley on the gurgling with their slit throats oh, that. almost made me sick. I I spent all of my time watching disgusting horror movies and like nothing hits anymore. But that's that still gets me. Yeah, the- right. <laughs> it was oh, because I just like imagine like feeling like what would it be like to like because like it showed them like stitched up. Mm-hmm. And it's like you know I work at a music conservatory and hear you know vocal students all the time mm. and hear a vocal pedagogy class all the time and I'm kind of aware of the anatomy of the throat and the vocal cords now and like what's it like to try to vocalize after they've been slit when they can't vibrate properly anymore and like what must that I'm very empathetic when I watch horror. Like sometimes gore is a lot for me because I just imagine what it must feel like. Um, and so like when I was hearing the gurgling and I, I imagine like, what does that feel like? Yeah. yeah. And it just like, it, it made my throat hurt. I felt like, Ugh, like I almost felt sick. Mm-hmm. But paired with how fucking hilarious <laughs> <laughs> this movie was, like it, it didn't tone down the horror for the sake of the comedy. Oh, totally. Right. And I loved that. Hell yeah. About I feel like you don't get that in horror comedy. Yeah, uh, committed. That's a lost mm-hmm. art. <laughs> um, Sam Raimi, where are you? When we need you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my last thoughts, I forgot to mention that one of the band members is Cliff Clavin from Cheers, which is <laughs> yeah. insane. Yeah. Oh my God, um, perfect. Yeah, it was like, wait, what? <laughs> must have been one of his first roles it's so good but i also um i was very attentive to um like terry's fashion when she Mm. is when she has like is living in the motel they dress her like a sort of sexy victorian child doll she's like a ward yeah and you're like where did she get all these clothes from she was just on like a little trip um but she has all of these like high necked lacy things mm-hmm. and um and she get she's the one um person who you get like nudity of. oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah yep. a lot of gratuitous uh titty shots which you know it's horror it's a horror uh <laughs> it's, it's a an horror, 80s horror movie it's a yeah, slasher film movie. staple yeah. so somebody's got to yep. like be topless and one you know that's like part of the deal i think um mm-hmm. but i really like her outfits were so wild um because you know it's like the other two are in overalls pretty much like 24 7 and she's like a little doll i loved fucking ida's little pigtails yeah 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 ida's pigtails and her gluttony was like mm-hmm. pretty fun like yeah. i think at one point yeah when she's like about to go um like 
kill her younger younger brother she's eating like a chicken drumstick Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah ash what about you oh there's there's so much there's so much that just keeps giving in this movie i I love it but I, i mean oh final thoughts like so I think so the last thing we see in this movie is the the motel hello the hello has the o and hello has been flickering this whole time and the final thing we see is the sign just explode yes <laughs> just just burst and like like besides besides running that pun into the ground which I really appreciated <laughs> for a shitty horror comedy like you got to ride everything until it dies they commit the bit yeah mm-hmm. you, you got to stick the landing there I also really like that kind of s- symbolically because like you know like the place is it's not burnt down through arson, but it is destroyed, you know, yeah. a- afterwards. Like, this place can no longer be the motel hello, the the meetup place for swingers, the cannibal nightmare <laughs> zone. Like, we're left in, like, this really kind of, like... I'm at the I'm at the swinger hotel. I'm at the cannibal <laughs> nightmare zone. I'm at the combination Hello. swinger hotel cannibal nightmare zone. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. No, I had to make a stupid so fucking it. joke. That's gonna be our it's gonna oh, be our man. opener. <laughs> that joke is the best thing so far. So no, you're good. You're good. But I think I think we're left in like this really like yeah, just like the motel, we're left in like this really like transitory, precarious spot right here at the end because this thing is destroyed, but all of its components are still there. Mm-hmm. And then like she walks off with the cop at the end, you know, like yeah, nothing good's happening to her at the end of this movie. Like, no. like she's out of the frying pan and into the fire. And so it's kind of like this weirdly like they're cracking jokes for us right there at the end. But visually, what we're seeing is a little ominous here. Yeah, yeah, there's not a lot of resolution. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Vincent and there is for Vincent and Ida, I guess, but like oh, for yeah. everyone else there really isn't. Like you said, we we don't know where all of the the other people went. Yeah, they just disappear. Yeah. And they like, join the swingers. Yeah, they join the God, swingers. I hope so. They're I they're in so. that room right now to this day. Yeah. I mean, I that would be a great resolution that they take over Hotel Hello and it's just like oh a my God. crew yep. of of like cannibalism survivors. And, yep. Doing shrooms mm-hmm. and like, you know, tying each other up. Yeah. Like, oh, it's like it's ideal. like a experimental therapy where they use kink to help people recover from Uh, being cannibal victims i love it discourse discourse yeah and they do like mushrooms and stuff like they still go back into the garden and like plant each other yeah Yeah. that is part Mm -hmm. of the healing i love that process of reclamation yeah yeah i love it and there's like a gorgeous scene like at the end of secretary where like they clean each other off yeah (laughs) and it's like it's like a full-on vegan anarchist com- kink comedy Total liberation. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like like a rescue farm attached to it yes yeah, yeah. it's a pigs. rescue farm <laughs> <laughs> whoever's okay, got the rights to perfect. motel hell fund us for motel hell 2 motel and, hello uh, <laughs> motel hello <laughs> that is perfect oh, i love it God, i love this i love this so much I, I want the the post cannibalism total liberation kink hotel, please. Yes, <laughs> yes. It sounds ideal. Well, this was a fucking blast. Yeah, Thank it you was. so much, Ash. Thank you, Ash. For 
for oh, coming thank on. you too we for will, having me on this is amazing we will get john on i, yeah. I think we want to get him to talk about antiviral yeah because um, he, li- yep. he likes it's brandon. a very kate it's a very kate movie too i'm Ooh, very nice. like brandon nice. as well i like and brandon I don't, I don't like brandon <laughs> fight on proud warrior jay our day will come. We will be victorious, and a new dawn will rise. Our, our, our anti-Brandon. No. I'm just, I'm just waiting for him to get out of, get out of that Cronin shadow. But you know, that's me. That's fine. That's a separate episode. Whatever. Yeah, yeah Daddy and me and Ash will do a bonus episode of just us bitching about Brandon Cronin. Daddy and baby Cronin. Just make more of them. Yeah. Daddy. Oh, that's we'll just... what we need. We yeah. just need a Thurdenberg. We need yeah. Okay, we need Rachel Vice and Rachel Vice from the TV show Dead Bringers mm-hmm. to create yep. more Cronin babies. <laughs> to we, make we need the brood, sicko but it's movies. real, yeah. Yeah. Sickos. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Well, I think that about uh does it for us. <laughs> yes. Oh, this is amazing. Again, tell tell all the wonderful perverts listening yes. uh, where where they can find you and all the wonderful work that you do. Oh, that was for me. Yes, it was. <laughs> guest who is on the show, who has been podcasting longer than both of us. I am so, so bad at the promotion thing. Jeez. You figure I would have figured that out by now. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I am one of the co-ghosts of Horror Vanguard. You can find us uh, at Horror Vanguard on Twitter, at Horror Vanguard on Instagram, HorrorVanguard.com, wherever podcasts are distributed. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Durovania, uh, at on Instagram at Duroscope. God, where am I on the internet? I'm everywhere. Uh, Darrow Media is Darrow.media. It's my website. You can find all of my stuff there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's me. That's that's what I'm about. Sweet. Excellent. Um, and reminder, you can find me yeah. and other work that I do um, at Library Punk, the Library Punk podcast, a leftist library worker podcast. Um, and we're on Twitter at Library Punk, where it's mainly uh, one of my co-hosts, Justin Shitposting. Um so look out for our, our fun bonkers Twitter. Uh, and, and Kate, what else do you do? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Kate Terry, uh, K-A-Y-T-E. And then Terry, T as in Tom, because I'm not Katy Perry. T as in Tom, <laughs> E-R-R-Y. Um, and you, I have a website of all of my art at kateterry.com. You can see all of my sicko art. please enjoy it It maybe buy some (laughs) it's true thank you all right and thank you all for listening i have no idea how to end podcasts yeah we'll figure it out we're gonna figure (laughs) it out (laughs) see ya (laughs) bye bye bye